0: Uh, This is episode four. We're going to talk about the dating progression. Uh, Once you get a girl's number and you've confirmed a date, basically how to navigate that date, the second date, the third date, and how to also kind of lead that progression into the type of relationships you want. Meaning, you know, whether you want to keep it casual with her or you want to date her exclusively. What I'm about to, you know, what me and Maxwell are about to share with you is going to be the same, like the same strategy will, will lead to both outcomes. It's just basically how you play it after that. So if anyone has questions, interrupt as they come, just stop us and ask a question if it's relevant to what we're talking about, um, or just hold them to the end, but I think it's better to interrupt. So I would, why don't we start with like the mistakes that guys typically make on dates. Maxwell. Why don't you start? And then, anyone else who's on the call that wants to chime in, what mistakes do you guys typically make? Or, not that you typically make, but what mistakes do you usually see guys making? And also, I'd like to hear where do you guys struggle the most on dates? Like, what are your biggest sticking points while you're on a date? And what would you like to know to fix those?
1: To start, I think that, like, you know, a lot of times that first date is quantified by a social interaction prior to. And I typically won't go on a, a date with a girl unless I've had that social interaction already. I'm, I'm not grabbing chick's numbers and then just ask him on a date. I'm drinking with them. I've been out at a party with them. I've already like made out with them or danced with them. And I'm getting to the point where I've identified them that, that I would want, like I'm trying to get to know them better. Um, and typically in the environment that I meet girls, um, there 's a lot of music, considering it 's a concert environment, so um, that first date is is typically the, the fun day on my end. I like to do some type of activity, whether it 's mini golf as a, like a group thing, or if it 's a one on one day it 's you know going to a place of pool or ping pong or um, shuffleboard et cetera, that allows me to be myself and focus on something else while also still having great conversation. I stay away from meals. Nighttime activities are are fine. Um I I prefer that but again the idea of having dinner on a first date is a I I just don't even go there. It's it's not my my go to. I want to get to know her, I want to you know build up to that point. I may do, you know, the, the first date um you know, etiquette in terms of of just the activity then go to something um at my house before I ever bring on a date with dinner. Um but but that's kind of my my first approach is, is the active active date as a first date.
0: Yeah, and and that's important. The first date and how you behave on that date, you know, that's all dictated by the interaction up until that date. Um, And it's funny, I never even went on a formal date until I was, I think, 23, like a a fifth-year senior at UCSD because in high school and in college, like, there is no dating scene. Well, I mean, (laughs) in terms of, like, normal, what you would call like a cliche, stereotypical date, you know, obviously people date in high school and college, but it's more of a hookup culture where you're partying with people, you're meeting them through mutual friends and you basically just hang out in a group, um, you know, for a few different times. And then when you do get one-on-one, that's kind of when you make something happen and you continue hanging out in the group and people kind of pair off and become couples so, you know, that's that's the more of a social circle thing. And it's funny, the the better your social circle is, the more the more dating's like that. Um I would say the the I, worst I urge, types of, Yeah.
1: I urge a lot I urge a lot of you to attempt to do that. And the reason that we're trying to build chapters and have guys go out and, and have, you know, social circles together is to give that opportunity kind of show off and flex your social, um, group and show that your friends are cool people. And, you know, for me, you know, one of the taking a girl out, um, I'll give you an example. I took a girl out for the first time, like asking her to come out with us and, you know, took her to a pregame and we went to Warwick and then I brought her back to my place, you know, afterwards, but it allowed her to see me in a, um, in a setting among social friends and kind of flex my social circle. And also show my personality, but also know that she came with me, so it's a date-like thing where I I knew she wasn't going to try to hook up with someone else because
0: she came with me as my guest. Yeah, and and that's, that's you know those types of dates are awesome. They're a lot more fun. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I mean, it, I, I've done everything under the sun. I um in 2013, um I I had just gotten out of a Know, eight month relationship or so. And I was living in Manhattan and I decided it would be a lot of fun to just like go on a ton of dates and um, kind of turn it into like a documentary. And we called it 30 dates in 30 days. And that's 31st dates, not 30 overall dates. And I attempted to go on 31st dates in 30 days. Um, I failed. I did go on 30 dates, but only if you count second and third dates, and I went on I believe twenty first dates um I think six second dates and and five third dates or something like that, or maybe it was five and five basically any date I went any girl I went out the second time I went out was a third time, um but still like you know that's it was at least a date every night, and some days there were two um and then some, A couple days there were three when I when I would miss a day. It was a pretty pretty crazy experience. And I got those dates mostly from day games in Manhattan, Tinder, OK Cupid, and going out. You know, to the bars. I would go out after the dates. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd schedule a date for like seven o'clock. Have that one go till seven thirty. Uh, have another girl meet me at nine. Have that one go till about eleven. And then I would go out after that. Now you can do this, but when I walk you guys through the the dating protocol, like the the best way to kind of execute a date, you'll realize that a good date should take the whole night. Not necessary to go on all these dates, but it was a lot of fun. So other like mistakes that guys make, or let me ask you guys, what, what questions do you have about dates that would make it easier? And what are your sticking points when you're on dates? And make sure you got to mute yourself or we won't hear you.
1: So, um, I've been making dates at bar restaurants. Um, there's not a lot of bars in Arizona that are just drinks. And a lot of my first dates, the girls are manipulating the situation to where I buy them dinner, even if it's eight or nine o'clock, they're so, like, I'm starving and I don't want to look like an idiot and not pay pay for dinner. Um, but the truth is I I don't want to pay for dinner. I don't want to, you know, I want to see how things go.
0: That's a function of the girls not being sold on you. And their, their mindset before going on a date is like, yeah, I met this guy. I don't really know about him, but you know, at least I'll get a free meal out of it. And, uh, (laughs) women will do this all the time. Um, and it's, it's due to a lack of a connection before you've set up the date, you know, if she was really excited about the date and excited about the thought of going out with you, like she would jump through hoops and she certainly wouldn't, um, you know, demand something or ask for something that, that might create some conflict. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if that's, and I'm really glad you brought that up because it's important. So, You know, if you're consistently getting that sort of feedback or, you know, girls are exhibiting behavior where they're being entitled and demanding, it means they don't hold a lot of value in, you know, the potential future with you. And they're kind of just going on the date to test the waters. Like, they're not totally sold, but they're doing it because they don't have anything else to do. And, hey, that's better than not having any dates at all. But that's just a way – that's just a – an area of improvement that you could have more solid interactions before the date happens, and that'll stop.
1: And that, and that, like sit down dinner date in LA, I avoid like the plague, and I try to get some repertoire on the first couple times hanging out with her. but it's not a, that it's not like necessary to go on that date, and that date is only introduced. Once she needs the, the girlfriend attention or experience, um, you know down the line. Um, I think you can do it once in the beginning to try to seal the deal in terms of getting her involved. Um, but again, along your point, Joe, like I don't want to spend money on chicks, and like chicks expect guys in LA to spend money, um, so I avoid that. Like the plague, like you said, and I'd rather do breaks, um, you know, later to to avoid that. And I think that's fine, but I would look for creative things that you can do between. You know, after eight or nine o'clock, and maybe that is playing pool, maybe that is going to a funky bar, maybe that you know is some other activity. Um, you know that that is in your area, and and, and you you just got to find out what that is.
0: And and here's how you can throw them for a curveball: if they if they mention something about wanting food, basically what you can do is you can start with drinks. And if they bitch about it, they hey, I have a plan. You know, there's nothing worse than a guy showing up on a day with no plan, right? I've got a plan and food is the next step and and getting food at the second venue isn't a terrible idea, but getting food at the first venue can be a deal breaker. So before I get into the talking about all the venues and, you know, the, the type of interactions you want to have at these different venues, uh, what other sticking points do you guys have on the dates or questions? I
2: don't know if it's so much a sticking point as an observation, but... As far as physical escalation, I, I noticed that it's not really like a uh, like an on and off kind of thing. I think some girls just take longer to warm up to reciprocating uh, physical escalation. And some are like immediately receptive. I don't know if that's indicative of like their level of interest or it's just different personalities. But that's kind of the thing is like sometimes, I don't know, it's like she seems interested. Interested, but she doesn't reciprocate. But sometimes it's because she really isn't interested, or sometimes it's just because she's like a uh, slow starter, so to speak. So I guess figuring out a way to determine which one of the two she is.
0: I would say with a lot higher, you know, um, percentage, it's more of a function of her level of interest than it is about just her, you know. Uh, tendency to get physical Um, what I've noticed is I'm probably I don't know let's say I go on 10 first dates from a girl I met on tinder or or online uh, like okcupid or jdate or some sort of dating app Um, and we've done like the minimal amount of communication like if you download the tinder guide and you know, you go back and forth, seven or eight messages. You do the whole married couple role play. Are we exclusive? You get her a number. You text a, a few times and you're out on a date. The odds of me ending up in bed with her um, on date one compared to a girl that, like, I met during day game or and, and we had, like, a great interaction or I met her out at a bar and we spent a lot of time connecting and then, you know, went back and forth via text. Like, the odds are way, 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 way way higher that that date is going to end up in sex than the Tinder date or the online date. It's just a function of connection. Like, for example, the girls from the improv class, you go on a first date with them, there's already so much connection and trust built in from, you know, spending all that time together. That would be way, way, way easier to, like, gauge, you know, if they're not giving you love on that date and physically escalating, it just means they're not interested. It has nothing to do with like their slowness. But if that was an online date, then you wouldn't know. Makes sense. Yeah, that
2: makes a lot of sense. Uh, and uh yeah I'm trying to uh, to get more dates from real time than online, but I'd still say the majority of mine are online. So I guess by default they're all kind of like slow starters. But yeah, what yeah. you said makes sense. If you've if you've had like a real interaction and they're still not reciprocating then you kind of know where you stand mm-hmm. but with the online you know mm-hmm. yeah they're all slow starters except for the yeah. anomaly once or twice
0: yeah i mean what i've found is you know i get i i have a you know really really active social life and a social circle that's constantly bringing me new chicks and new opportunities and like i never use online dating at this point, you know, even if I was doing like another challenge, like a thirty days and oh, thirty days, I would try everything possible to avoid online and dating apps. They're great if you if you're not getting a lot of dates and you don't have that social circle and those connections to meet a lot of girls, you know, organically. Then definitely use online, but think of it more as training wheels. Like you're getting dates online, you're going out on dates, you're practicing. You know, being a better conversationalist, you're working on your ability to to venue change and read the situation and read her. Physically escalate all that good stuff that comes with going on dates. So it's really valuable to go on as many dates as you can. And as time goes on, as you get as you have the ability to to do less online dates, it's usually the way to go. (laughs) Uh, There are a few exceptions to different places, you know, different cities. Like Tinder is amazing in Scottsdale. It sucks in LA. You You
1: should see Tinder in Nashville. It's shooting fish in a barrel. Girls are like, where they are out at night while I'm tindering in a bar. Like not even like getting the boy, like, are you out? Yeah. What bar?
0: Like that type of shit. Different markets are crazy. Yeah. Yeah, It totally depends on the market. Like New York, Tinder is all about like set up a date, go to dinner, get drinks. And then she's going to try to fill you out for, you know, if your husband material. Um you know if if you that's if you're going for like twenty five and up if you're matching with girls under twenty five then there's more of like a bang fest um but girls in New York are kind of programmed to go after the you know the let's create a relationship sort of thing, so let's get into you know the basically like what to do on dates um and I want you guys to think of it. Not in terms of so much what to do, but first think of it as the type of vibe that you're going for. And any great date and any guy who's really good with women has the same thing in common and is that they make women feel a lot of different emotions when they're around them. We call it taking her on an emotional roller coaster. What most guys do is they don't take a girl on an emotional roller coaster at all. In fact, the dates are very logical, very boring, very step-by-step. Step. Let's go to dinner, sit down, have a boring conversation about our past and our future and, you know, what's important to us, kind of like a job interview. And then typically, you know, maybe after that, see a movie, which creates no connection whatsoever, you're just sitting there. Or, you know, maybe that's the end of the date. You drive her home awkward kiss on the cheek or awkward kisses at the door, like the cliche, awful, terrible date. There's nothing dynamic about that date. It's literally a job interview, right? You're just like sizing her up and she's sizing you up. You already know when you showed up on the date, you probably were interested and you wanted to hook up with her because we're attracted through our eyes and women are attracted through their ears. So they're they're basically like testing you and interviewing you the entire date. And you don't ever want to be in a situation where you're being interviewed. In fact, when you are going to a job interview, if you can flip the script and interview them, uh, you usually get the job. And the same is kind of true for dates. It's very similar. So I always start my dates off post eight thirty, if possible. Like I said earlier, if a girl isn't willing to like meet later, she's probably not that interested, or you know she's probably got some other dude on the side, whatever, um, or she's got a you know husband. Who knows, right? But those are red flags for sure. I like to meet around 8.30 because it's it's late enough where there's no obligation or expectation of food or dinner. It's like anyone's supposed to eat by then. In New York, you can start a little later because, you know, New York stays up later. You can start dates at nine thirty, ten. And the first venue, the, the vibe I'm going for is casual, relax, have a drink or two, and flirt. Shoot the shit, banter kind of have fun like a chilled laid back like two friends catching up the venue isn't really important any venue that's like public has a bar ideally you want to be sitting like side to side at the bar versus across at a table that's not the end of the world if you have to sit across from at a table but ideally you want to be at that sort of venue you know easy to find a vibe where it's not so busy and loud that you can't talk but there's also some yeah, you know, noise noises going on. I mean, I would never recommend this in, in a city like L.A. or New York. But you can even, like, start at, like, a TGI Fridays if, if that's the only, like, bar or restaurant that's kind of like a normal, easy-to-find meeting spot. Like, literally, the first bar really doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be a cool bar or anything. It just needs to be a chill place. You can grab a drink, shoot the shit. And my intention for that first venue is to like keep the conversation casual to flirt and to kind of get get attraction going remind her why she's attracted to me she's already attracted to me because she came on a date right but I need to remind her that I'm cool and how that goes down is through your conversation skills there's not a whole lot of touching or you know anything real tricky that you do and basically what I do during that first 30 minutes is, you know, I try to, I try to keep the conversation light. I'm looking for connection points. I'm mentor gaming, bantering, role-playing, talking about the environment.
1: Robbie, can you talk about the, the mentor thing real quick? And I, and I have a couple of comments on it too. Um, can you just expo- describe a little bit more what you mean by that?
0: For example, let's say, anytime you could teach someone something in like a fun way, not like a condescending way, but if you can teach them something about themselves or teach them something about the world, they'll respect you a lot more. Um, And this is a concept we really go into depth on and we have, you know, different sort of mentor game threads that we have you guys like memorize. And, and uh, we talk about all this in the conversation workshop, but You know, if if you can teach a girl something and essentially like kind of get into that mentor mode, she will definitely become more attracted to you. So, to give you an example, let's take this girl that I dated a few years back. Her name was Leah. uh, Mm -hmm. Met her out at a bar, had a really good connection with her, and, uh, you know, probably hung out like 20 minutes or so at the bar. We didn't make out, but there was definitely that like physical connection. Texting was real fun and flirty. I had her meet me at Brick and Mortar in uh, Santa Monica, which is a good, chill, laid-back kind of bar restaurant. It's easy to find. We ended up sitting at a table, and within the first five minutes, the question of, you know, what she did for a living came up, which is typically will. and she told me she was a massage therapist. So the standard cliche response when a girl tells you that she's a masseuse is, oh, yeah, do you give happy endings? <laughs> or something about, oh, yeah, are you going to give me a massage? Can I get a free massage, you know, to test out your skills? And she's heard that crap, you know, every single day since she's become a massage therapist. And it's not funny anymore. It's actually really, really annoying. Another example, I, I was hanging out with a girl last night. When I was introduced to her, she said, hi, my name's Tiger. And the cliche response was, oh, like Tiger Woods? oh, look, like you're like a sexual tiger, or like wear your, wear your tiger print pants, like to make fun of the name Tiger. And I promise she's heard that nonsense at least once a day. And I even asked her. Instead of making that cliche comment, I said, you know, I was tempted for a second to make some stupid joke about Tiger Woods, and then I realized that you probably hear that joke at least once a day. Anytime you tell someone your name, she's like, oh, my God, thank you for not doing that. That's mostly the annoying thing ever. Everyone Everyone's like, oh, yeah, like Tiger Woods. And right then and there, like, the, the connection was established. Same thing happened about the job thing, uh, the masseuse with Leah. And it then turned into a conversation about social protocol, social skills, people saying idiotic stuff. And that's an area that I'm obviously very well versed in, considering it's my full-time job. Um, and before we even got to the facts of you know the, what I did for a living, we were having a conversation about social dynamics and how retarded most people are. And it was a great back and forth conversation. But she was definitely learning a lot from that conversation. So it was, it was basically me teaching her stuff in a mentorship type way. Another easy example is when I uh, go out with a girl who does anything entrepreneurial. And um, you know, I've been running this company now for eight years and. It's still in business, so I guess I can say I'm a successful entrepreneur in that realm, right? Um, and most of the time, my business is more successful than whichever girl I'm going on a day with. So I can mentor her on that. Uh, you know, any sort of thing. Yeah, she, and, I, if, and I
1: think that there's like many, there's many ways that you can have an opinion to try to, you know, to, to get them excited and, and make the connection. Um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur as well. And I have, like, a vast amount of interest and involvement in different types of businesses. Um, but, you know, for me, marketing is, like, something so simple where a lot of these younger girls are getting into marketing. And I kind of give them ideas or give them just basic information and, and you know, help in terms of, like, suggestions. You know, that girl, Lissa, she, she <laughs> like, she was, like, initially attracted to me because I was so involved in brand relationships and, and on the marketing side. Um, and that first conversation was it, was talking about, you know, how her next steps and her next job, et cetera. That, that was where I was getting at with the mentoring game that, like, you know, if you could position yourself as someone with knowledge, you become an ad value outside of just being a good-looking, cool individual, but on, like, you know, a business ad value as well.
0: Yeah, and there's one thing to, you know, be, be a little bit careful in that. You don't want to fall into the role of, like, Captain Save a Hoe, where you're just gonna like yeah, teach them business. You know, it's it's easy for some guys to do that, and a lot of the time, like business is one of the worst things you could talk about on a date because it's boring. Like, you know, but if she leaves the conversation there, if she's really interested in it, and you're vibing off that, and, and you know, it's a good energetic back and, and forth, then for and sure. And I think
1: that's that's where it needs to be. It needs to be that she's interested in talking about her work. Um, cause I don't, I don't bring up anything that I do unless I'm asked. Um, and I try to keep it minimal. And if she brings up her work, that is the time where you can, and she wants to ride that, you know, wave and you kind of go with it and, and, and interact in that way. But
0: you're right. No work talk unless she brings it up. Yeah. Other mentor game topics include like, you know, I'll talk about the difference between LA, New York, and Europe. And most women that I State or either living in LA, living in New York, um, and they've traveled Europe in Europe or they're from Europe. And, you know, I met them in New York or LA, or I met them in Europe and they've been to New York or LA, like the two biggest cities in the U S. So, um, I have a whole kind of mentor game rant that I go on. Um, and I talk about, you know, the, the, the different drivers, um, and you guys can steal this. It's, it's a, it's a pretty good deal. I, I say in LA, People care about who you know. In New York, people care about what you do. And in Europe, people care about where you've been. So, like, the first thing you're going to get love from from a girl and in L.A. is if you, like, talk about the cool, like, scenes that you're a part of and, like, the people you know and, like, the little, like, clicky sort of clubs you belong to and, like, the people you hang out with. It's, it's, a, it's a very clicky atmosphere versus New York is way less clicky. Um, it's way more of like status is way more determinant on what you do for a living. Like if you tell a girl you're an investment banker in LA, they'll be like, "Cool story." You're boring. If you tell a girl you're an investment banker at Goldman Sachs in New York, they'll immediately want to, you know, have you put a ring on it. Like <laughs> it's insane the difference because girls there are more career oriented. They're you know that's, that's, there's no girl living in Manhattan that's single that doesn't have, like, a legit career. Otherwise, she couldn't afford it, right? Or her parents are floating her, and she's looking for a dude with money, right? So, it's a, the money game has a way bigger factor in somewhere like New York, and your job is way more important. In L.A., no one even has a job. Everyone's just, like, going to business meetings at Starbucks, which aren't really business meetings at, like, 2 p.m. It's amazing. No one has a job. Everyone's just driving around. No <laughs> one cares what you do here. Um... Uh, and then in Europe, they're even way less superficial. Um, it's all about connection and travel and and culture and you know experiences. They 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 like you know I, I Australia a little bit too because it's a huge travel culture. Um, but they want to know where you've been and you connect with girls about the different places you've traveled. to. like, oh, we've both been to Budapest or we've both been to somewhere obscure like. You know, Havar Croatia, or, uh, you know, Belgrade, Serbia. It's not really obscure, but not a lot of people have been there. So if you're talking to a European girl, and when I was traveling through Europe, any time I meet a European girl, like, the first thing I immediately go to is travel. Because travel is always fun, always exciting. It's not dull. And we talk about the different cities that we've both been to and, you know, what we like, dislike. Talk about Berlin and the, and the hipster, like, you know, techno scene. Or not techno, you know, uh, electronic music scene. Um, and, uh, you know, you kind of share these cultural things. And I'll explain this. The, this, this is a rant that I'll kind of go on. I'll talk about those differences. And right away, it shows so many good things about me. It shows, like, he's well traveled. He's intelligent. He, he can pick up on these tiny nuances. Like, people love to learn about these things. So then they can tell other people and they can really get an understanding of the city and an understanding of, like, how people are. Like, it, it, Discussing the human condition, these are all things that fall under the category of the human condition, right like how humans operate and behave and how we think and how we interact with each other. It's, that's never going to be boring. It's very like discussing the human condition is, in my opinion, the best sort of mentor game topics. Um, so you know those are the type of conversations I'm having at that first venue, and it's so important to actually listen. And to have intelligent conversations, like I said, like, you know, trying to escalate physically really hard or like, you know, trying to push any sort of sexual chemistry or using like sexual innuendos or any of this bullshit that pickup artists teach in terms of like spiking her buying temperature, or doing things to like, you know, create sort of sexual tension too early on in a date is just going to make you look like a scumbag. What you first need to do is establish the fact that you're intelligent, you're worldly, worldly, you're traveled, you're cool, you're laid back, you're funny, you're witty. And if you are none of those things, you're not going to do very well on dates. If you haven't traveled, if you're like, you know, you don't have a lot of topics to mentor game on. You're a bad conversationalist. If you're nervous and awkward, your first dates aren't probably going to go very far. And, And that's why it's so important to, you know, become a well-rounded individual. The reason why if I go on a date, you know, 97 out of 100 girls are going to end up in bed with me eventually if I'd like it to go that way is because I'm a huge value add. I'm a great conversationalist. Like, you know, put me one-on-one with a girl and unless she really, really sucks, which I'm going to find out way before I'd ever put myself in that situation, she's going to end up falling in love. And it's not like they've actually done scientific studies on this. Like things in our brain that trigger love is connection, familiarity. Um, There's a whole article about it that I can post a link to. Like if you ask specific questions um, that get people to open up and share intimate feelings, they end up falling in love, uh, regardless of the sexual advances that you do. So, you know, when I first got into this stuff, my dates, weren't very dynamic. My conversation skills weren't very good. So i had trouble trouble, um, you know, getting sexual with girls on dates. And after getting really good at this stuff, girls will escalate physically on me because they're so turned on by the, the guy I am, by the conversation we're having, by the cool shit that we're discussing, by, because we're vibing and really connecting. So that's, you know, that's so important. Anything you want to add to that, Maxwell? Like Maxwell is another example of a guy who just, He's just a huge value add. He can talk about pretty much any subject brought up. Like Maxwell and I are going to have interesting commentary and insightful thoughts on pretty much anything you can bring up because, you know, or if we don't. And and part of that, part of that is my personality. And since I was
1: younger, I wanted to be able to like fit into like multiple types of groups. And that was just the type of person I was where I could be an academic. I could be an athlete. I could fit into the music scene. I could communicate to older adults and I could communicate to younger individuals. Um, But other is just being more aware and more socially conscious. And I think that, you know, one of the first steps that you could take um, is is being more well-versed in what's going on in the world. Um, And one of my suggestions is downloading the app Flipboard and really putting worldly issues to be aggregated into the app. The app aggregates major publications. um, It's constantly updating based on your interests. So I have like a wide range of, music, technology, um, you know, to, to camping, to, um, uh, you know, business, uh, advice to, to sports, etc. And I, and I wake up in the morning and I, I don't leave my room for about an hour. And the first 45 minutes of it, I'm just flipping through articles and reading it and then sharing it. Um, it's a, it's a really great activity. And I find that I am more likely to add to a, a conversation on a date or in a group environment and be an add value with that communication. From my knowledge of the world um, and and the better you get at that and the better you get at, at paying attention to the details and, and remembering people's names and where they're from you know I become an add value with when I meet groups of people just in general because I can physically identify you know someone based on this town they're from the state they're from you know the school the high school they went to the college they went to the year they graduated. Those are the type of facts that I'm retaining because in my networking abilities, business and socially, those play into me getting a co sign and me getting, you know, familiar with people very quickly. Um, so it's really strengthening those skills that on a first date, having some of those conversation skills to immediately add value and be able to, you know, relate to the individual becomes a lot easier. If I'm if I'm interested in a girl, I will find any single way to relate to them. As soon as I am become disinterested to in a girl, I will not put the effort into connecting the dots, and it's a waste of my time. But, you know, for you guys, finding a way to make that connection.
0: There's a couple things that you got to watch out for. During that, you know, first venue, which I say, you know, a drink or two is usually... Uh, I like to keep it at a drink, and the first drink will usually take 20 to 30 minutes. Um, if she's pounding her drink, then I'll, I'll kind of taste myself based on her drinking speed. Um, And if she drinks her fast, then I'll order another round. Um, But the main thing I'm looking to do is I'm always kind of checking in on how much love she's giving me. And in the beginning, you're not going to be able to do a lot of touching just because you haven't really escalated to that point yet. Um, It can be some light touching here and there, but, you know, you haven't built enough, like, comfort and trust to get physical make out with her just yet. So the ways I'm going to be gauging her interest are her body language, like how she's facing me, her attention level, um, if she's laughing at my jokes, if she's playing with her hair, if her pupils are really dilated. Obviously, if she touches me at all, that's a huge signal. And I'm really going to be, you know, making sure that the conversation keeps its momentum, keeps its energy. You know, I'm, I'm always looking to see, like, how much love she's giving me, how, how invested she is. And if at any point she seems bored, the conversation seems like it's you know losing its legs. That's when I'll you know shift conversational threads, or I'll throw her for a loop. It could be a good place to intentionally break rapport. There's a a funny little thing you can you can do depending on the situation. I'll do this with some girls where I feel like there's a decent amount of attraction, and it's a way to escalate. Or girls that I feel like. They're not giving me any love at all, and I want to do something a little bit drastic to to test where I'm at. Kind of a silly little thing you can do, which is kind of fun. What I'll do is I'll say, by the way, how tall are you? And she'll say, ah, 5'7". Really? I don't know. Is that with heels or not with heels? Be honest. No, that's without heels. And I'll say, well, let me see. And I'll I'll... Get, I'll open my hand to her. I'll offer her my hand, and I'll tell her to stand up. Be like, let me see about that. Stand up, and I'll offer her my hand. If she takes my hand, that's a really good sign. If she doesn't take my hand, it's a really bad sign. But if she takes my hand and stands up, what I'll do is I'll tell her to twirl. I'll be like, all right, turn around, and uh, you know, she'll twirl around, and then I'll guide her back down, and I'll say, yeah, I knew you were 5'7". I just wanted to check out your butt. <laughs> and uh, I'll gauge her reaction to that. You know, I'm adding in some some humor, some sexual tension, and like I said, I'll do that if she's showing me a lot of love or if she's showing me basically no love. I feel like I'm falling in the friend zone or the conversation's getting really boring. It's a, it's a good way to break rapport and just kind of add some fun to the mix. Uh, the other way I'll do, I'll, I'll break rapport, or sorry, the other way I'll add energy is by venue changing right then and there. I feel like the conversation is kind of dying, that's when I know I need to move to venue two.
2: Uh actually so, I have a question. As far as like uh when you're when you're venue changing, uh if she gives any resistance uh like she has to go to work the next day, she just like let it go or do you do you try to convince her? I usually just let it go. I mean if you're getting
0: resistance forty five minutes in She's not interested. Yep. And by, by let it go, do you mean you're just done with it? Yeah. But,
1: Robbie, is there a, is there a chance that um, in that 45 minutes she's trying to set expectations and there's a way to play that off? Like, hey, you just got here. Let's focus on this. Or, like, turn it into, like, making fun of them for leaving. And then, you know, I'll, I would slowly break that down and push the envelope on how late they can stay out or push the envelope in terms of them having, like, a nightcap, cap or, you know, a cup of coffee or whatever it is. I I feel like some girls do try to set expectations early to not, to not appear to be a bitch. Um, And there's ways to break that down and not just accept it or you ignore it and then push the envelope at the end. Could that also be happening?
0: Well, I feel like if she says it after 45 minutes, like if she, it's one thing if she says it right when she gets there, she sets the expectations. Like, hey, I work early in the morning, so I can't be out super late. That's that's her being honest because she hasn't, she hasn't made her decision on you just yet unless you show up dressed as a total idiot and she decides yeah. right then and there that she's over it or you look nothing like your pictures on Tinder. Right. <laughs> but if yeah. you said that the first couple of minutes or within the first like minute, she's just setting expectations and, and oftentimes she'll blow through those. If she says it as you're like, Hey, let's go to different spots. She's like, Oh, actually I've worked tomorrow. I have to be up early. That's kind of like her way of saying, yeah, I'm not really feeling you. And in that case, you know, because it's such an obvious, you know, sign of disinterest, I wouldn't push it because um, you're probably already dead. And by pushing it, you make sure you're dead for sure. There's some rare situations where I'll push it, but only if there's any sort of inkling that, you know, it has nothing to do with her connection with me and it's more about actually her having to be up early. Cool. So where to go after that? After, you know, you've you've spent some time connecting, you should have a strong enough bond at that point where you're like, all right, we're going to the next stop. Get your stuff. Um, Where she's just going to be like totally on board, down for the cause. Um, I like to walk out of the bar hand in hand. Like when we get up, I'll I'll offer my hand she takes it. Um, Then we're now walking with our holding hands Um, either to an Uber or hopefully to the next place, which is within a five or 10 minute walk. Five minutes is good. Usually girls are going to wear heels out. Um, So walking more than five minutes can be, uh, more than 10 minutes can can be a stretch unless it's Europe. Like Europe, Europeans just walk everywhere. New Yorkers walk everywhere too. So it's way more normal to, to have a walk and talk sort of session, you know, in between venues from a first and second date in, like, New York, Europe, but in L.A., you know, you're just walking long city blocks of of nastiness. There's no no good walks in L.A., like, down the street, except if you walk down, like, Main Street in Santa Monica or Third Street Promenade. But other than that, your transition from venue one to venue two will be an Uber. Um, So I'm holding her hand as I'm walking. um, I'm gauging her interest based on how she's holding my hand. how she's leaning into me as we're walking. And I'll just kind of continue that conversation that we were having before. Um, And it's just a great opportunity to to see where you're at from a physical standpoint, right? If she's not willing to hold your hand, you're probably never going to sleep with that girl. You know, if you spend 45 minutes with her and she's not holding your hand after the first venue, when you offer it, you're probably dead. I, I don't think I can think of many circumstances where that's ever happened, you know, where I did not hold the girl's hand and we ended up hooking up. So once I'm at the next venue, and the next venue is something I like to choose that has more of a laid back, um, cavernous, loungy, dim lidded, like seductive type of feel. I guess speakeasy are usually really good for this. Two examples would be employees only in New York or like in L.A. You could do like the, uh, what's it called, like the well in Hollywood or the the Victorian basement in Santa Monica. Um, You know, you want to find an area that's dimly lit. There's a couch or somewhere you can comfortably sit side by side not loud music at all where you can have a conversation. And what I'm doing during that conversation is I'm going into more personal topics, not so much biographical stuff, but more like hopes, dreams, fears. Um, There's a game I love to play called the questions game. And it's really simple. I'll say, all right, let's play a game. It's kind of like truth or dare without the dare. It's just a fun way to get to know someone. Here are the rules. There's three of them. The game works very simply. I ask a question, and then you ask a question. And the rules are you have to be honest. You have to answer the same question you ask. So if you ask me, like, what's your favorite color, you have to also answer what's your favorite color, except that's not allowed either. Can't ask what's your favorite color because the third rule is every question needs to be something that makes the other person either you know, potentially embarrassed, uncomfortable, or, you know, slightly nervous. That's how I set up the questions game, and then we'll go back and forth. And typical questions I like to ask, and there, there's a library of these in the group, um, but I like to start with something non-sexual related, like, have you ever been arrested? Or what's the, the thing you got most in trouble for if they said no? Um... And then I'll kind of move from there into more sexual uh, subjects. If she ever leaves it sexual, that's a really good sign. Like if she asks you a sexual question before you ask her one, you're golden. She's already thinking about sex with you and probably hook up that night. Um, and the questions game, you know, you don't have to stick to the, the skeleton of the questions game. Really, it's just a way to, it's just kind of like a, a, a hack to lead into more dynamic personal conversations. What will typically happen is you ask the questions. She'll have a story about it. The story will then lead to another conversational thread, and you'll just kind of go down the, the rabbit hole in conversation, and that's awesome. You know, if at any point you feel like that thread is dying out, you can go back to the game, and you can be like, all right, your turn. Your turn for a question. Go ahead, and ask. Um, and if she asks the lame questions, you can tease her about that. And it's, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get to know someone on a much deeper level. So what will happen you already like kind of held hands with her it's really simple as you're sitting next to her you can kind of put your hand on her leg or so she might have her hand on yours it's way more natural to kind of physically escalate in that environment and if it's private enough and um you know she doesn't and she's giving you love back it's totally fine to make out in in that venue typically i try to do that i i Find that if I make out with a girl at that second venue, there's a way, way, way higher chance that I'm going to end up either hooking up with her that night or the next date. Um, and if you can't get there, like, if you're on that at that second venue and it's just not happening, it's usually a function of, like, you're dead. You know, the connection just wasn't strong enough. She's not feeling it. Maybe you've said one too many idiotic things and she's lost attraction or maybe you're just too boring or too vanilla for her. You know, that is essentially what I'm doing at that next venue and and that venue also takes about 45 minutes to an hour, one or two drinks. A lot of the time it's like a waitress that'll be serving you so you don't have to do the whole get up and order at the bar thing. If,
3: uh, usually the second venue I'll get food, is that a bad thing? To just figure, just I mean, I'll still go for the makeout, but I usually will do bar and then kind of a, by my house, there, there's a bar and then right next door, there's like a bar restaurant,
0: so. I would say yes, it's a bad thing. The reason being is how often are you having like really intimate conversations where you're touching a person while eating? Pretty much never, right? I don't know about you guys, but when I'm eating I don't want to be touched. I want to eat food. <laughs> and I feel like most people kind of have that same <laughs> sort of thing. And I've seen so many guys like make these retarded they're like so needy and clean guys do it with their girlfriends or out on dates where like they'll be at a at a meal with a girl and she'll be eating and he'll be like pawing her and petting her and like squeezing her neck and like touching her hair. And it it makes me cringe. It's like God, leave her alone. She's trying to eat. <laughs> like, you know, people are, we're like animals. If you touch, you try to pet a dog while a dog's eating, it might try to bite you, right? And we're, we're in many ways, no no different than dogs. So eating completely kind of destroys that whole dynamic that, that you're trying to create. So, yeah, that's a huge leak. Um, I'm surprised you're doing that, Shalep. What if it's dessert?
3: That's something you can kind of share and kind of be romantic with?
0: Yeah, but that's something you want to save for after you've made out with her. Now it's like a boyfriend-girlfriend couple, like getting frozen yogurt together. Oh, like okay. any, any experience that you share together, you, have, you already want to kind of make out before that, right? What you're doing is, uh, I want you guys to think about it in terms of, you're creating a connection, right? You, you create a connection through conversation, um, through being a good, you know, a good conversationalist and a dynamic guy, by taking her on that emo- emotional roller coaster with your conversation, and once you've done that, she's going to feel enough attraction for you where she's going to be ready to get physical. She's going to want to kiss you, and once you've gotten past that kind of imaginary line where you've now kissed her, it changes everything because before that, like. And, and I know you guys have all experienced this. If you've ever kissed a girl, you've experienced how the dynamic changes. Like once you've kissed her, it's now socially acceptable to like paw at her, pet her, kind of, kind of treat her like your girlfriend, touch her like your girlfriend. It's almost like you guys, is, kissing is the mutual understanding that yes, we are attracted to each other in a physical, sexual way. So you don't really want to do anything like couple-y as, a, as something like shared together before kissing the girl. And eating can just cause so many problems for that, like bad breath, she may not want to kiss you, you may be getting food all over her face or food on your face, you're trying to touch her while she's eating. Like I, I can see that going really, really poorly many, many times for you to love. And I think that's a huge leak. If you're doing that on dates, like, I think you're really screwing up by, by doing that. Well,
3: usually the reason I give to go to the next venue, 'cause because right next door, is like, oh, the food sucks here. Let's go next. Let's go next door. The food's better. So,
0: why do you um, need to have it about food? Like, if you start the date at eight thirty, and you're going for drinks, and you're clear about that. Oh, let's grab drinks. Eight thirty. I guarantee a thirty percent chance of a good time. Right? She knows she's going out for drinks. And
3: so I'll just yeah. be like, just you kind know, of let's have a let's have a change of. Of environment or whatever is a pretty cool spot to sit or whatever.
0: You don't need to tell. the environment. She doesn't give a fuck where you're going. Yeah. Okay. Unless she doesn't like you. If she cares about where you're going, she doesn't care about you. <laughs> That's a good way to, to kind of sum it up. Anytime yeah. I've been out with a girl who was into me, I could say we're going down to like, we're I'm going to take you into a dark alley and And show you the garbage dumpster, like. And as long as she's with me, it's cool. And guess what? If you're with a hot girl, like, you don't care where you are. You're just glad to be with her, right? Because you're attracted. So if you're trying to sell her on the venue, then you're missing the point completely. And she's not into it. Um, And that's like, you're selling her on the wrong thing. You don't need to sell her. She should already be sold. So I'll just say, all right, next stop. Let's go. Reach out my hand. You know, by that time, i had already paid the check. And the other good thing about it is it throws them for another curveball. Like, after two drinks, when I asked for the check, like, for a second there, they're going to be like, oh, is he ending the date already? Does he not like me? Like, I thought this was going well. We're, like, totally vibing here. Why is he asking for the check? Because so they're not expecting a venue change. Most dates are just one venue and done because they're going on dates with guys who are lame and not creative. Um, so it throws them for a curveball when I asked for the check. And they're never gonna like bring it up. They're never gonna be like, oh, do you not like me? Like why are we getting the check so early? Um that very like pretty much never happens. But then after I pay the tab and I'm like, all right, next spot, like they totally liven up, they're like, ooh, we're going on an adventure, where are we going? Like and a lot of the time they'll laugh, like, where are we going? I'll be like, don't worry about it. Cool spot. It doesn't suck. And that's all I'll say. Like if I have to sell them on it, then they're not sold on me and i'm okay there. so don't
3: even so don't, i mean i don't really saw it. i just kind
0: of previewed so just don't even preview it just be like let's go and then just take her yeah we're going to the next spot it's the most terrible awful pathetic place you'll ever go to but i know you're you're down because i'll be there huh? that's lame don't say that but literally that's that's the, the thought going through her head like you can tell her you could say okay next spot it's the worst place you'll ever go. And she'll still probably come and she'll know you're joking, but you know you don't need to do that either. Understand? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Good. Um, I'm glad we went over that. Cause I know you've had some uh, sticking points on your dates and I, I, that's huge. Like if you're doing that, that's huge. Um, I remember you told that story a while back about that girl you're really attracted to. And like, you're trying to kiss her like during the meal and, it just didn't go well and it was awkward and it, it that totally makes sense. Like anytime you're eating and trying to escalate at the same time or trying to have like, you know, more of a, a this is my world, this is your world. Like, you know, talking about intimate subjects, um, that's, that's not going to vibe.
1: How do you know, um, whether you can es- escalate and go for sex? Like what what's the, a- what are some good indications? Well, like second, like you're at the second venue, and um, how do you gauge how much you can escalate? I guess is the question.
0: So don't think about escalating towards sex. Think about it as, like, you know, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's the end goal is you're escalating towards sex, but, you know, don't, you know, first you gotta, <laughs> you know, you gotta hit certain benchmarks. Like, you shouldn't be thinking about sex if you're not. If, if you're if you're thinking about kissing her and you haven't held her hand, you shouldn't be thinking about kissing her. If you're thinking about sex and you haven't kissed her yet, you shouldn't be thinking about sex. You should be thinking about kissing her, right? So you got to kind of take it one step at a time. Um, so in the second venue, what I'm doing is kind of creating the dynamic where she's physically turned on enough where she wants to kiss me. And you know a girl wants to kiss you. If she's, if she's, here's some, some signals. If she's willing to kind of interlace her fingers with yours, that's more intimate than kissing. Um, if she's willing, like if you, if you kind of lean in to tell her a secret, it'd be like, yeah, I'll tell you a secret. And you lean in and she leans in towards you, that's a really good sign. It, it kind of simulates a kiss. And if you don't have a secret to tell her, you'd be like, oh, sorry, I forgot the secret. Damn it. And then you can just keep on talking, right? More emotional roller coaster, silly stuff. Um, And whether she's willing to, like, face you, like, square off to you one-on-one. Like, kind of like in a standing-up missionary position, um, you wouldn't really use that so much as a second venue on a date, per se, because you're probably going to be sitting down. Um, But if you have your hand on her leg or she has her hand on your leg, that's a great sign. no you want you want it to feel natural um when you move in for the kiss you wanna make sure you don't like grab her and force her to kiss you 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 wanna like you know slowly kind of move in and let her come you know the last ten percent you go ninety percent of the way there let her come the last ten percent and um if you've you know built that connection and attraction that's venue one, and then on the journey from venue one to venue two, and then so far venue two, um, it should be a a good kiss. It shouldn't be a tech. It should be like a full-on makeout. not saying have a makeout party. Like, you know, don't put it on display. Don't be like 17-year-olds making out in a movie theater. But it should be a nice kiss, like, you know, at least three to five seconds. And you should be the one to pull away first. And that way you don't look like you're, you know, a horny teenager. If you go 10 seconds, that's fine too. Like, you know, you it, it becomes a pattern recognition on how to gauge her sexual attraction through her body language, right? Like, so you're, you're looking for, for body language stuff. And remember, the stuff that women will say to you, what they say doesn't matter. What they do, how they touch you, that stuff matters, right? I'm not saying if they say no, that doesn't matter. <laughs> but... Like, if she says stuff, like, you know, if she's making out with you and she's like, oh, I have to work really early, like, that's essentially just, like, her resisting, but her wanting it at the same time. So, you can't really trust their words, but you can trust her body language.
2: As far as, like, assuming, you know, you're getting good reaction, you've gone for the kiss, like, what's a good way to uh, to wrap it up and leave the venue and either go back to your place or end the date on a good note? So you shouldn't be going back to
0: your place after venue two. Um, It's too soon. To go straight from making out to try to, you know, get her back to your place, which pretty much implies sex, is too aggressive and makes you look like a sleazeball. Venue three is necessary. So what I'll do is I'll really kind of gauge where she's at in terms of making out. Like if she's into it, if while making out with me, she's like caressing me or she's like moaning, you know, anything like really sexual, I know it's on. And, um, you know, venue three is going to be a breeze. And after that, we can go back to my place. Um, if it's more of like a reserved, where she's, you know, she's making out with you, but it seems more reserved. Um, that doesn't imply that you would necessarily want to continue the date on. Um, it's, it's really important to end to, to make out with a girl before the end of the first date. Because if you start the second date and you haven't made out with her, you have to go back to square one. You have to do that date all over again. And who wants to do that? It sucks. <laughs> it doesn't suck. It's fun, but... It's, you know, you're starting from square one. It's like all that hard work you put in is for not. because you didn't end the date with that mutually established attraction. If she's showing me a lot of love, I'm going to opt for venue three. Remember, venue one is all about connection. Venue two is more about intimacy. And venue three is about adventure. It's about fun, Okay. It's doing something that you would do with your boyfriend, or sorry, with your, <laughs> doing something you do with your girlfriend. Uh, if you're gay, that's a different call. So something fun is anything that you guys are experiencing together as a couple. Like going to see a movie is actually an okay venue three. If you've made out with a girl, going to see a movie isn't the worst thing in the world. Going to see a show, going to a club, going to a strip club, going to an arcade, going to a gun range, going mini-golfing, going on a drive, walking through a tourist area. These are all activities where the focus is no longer on the conversation. The focus is on the activity. And what's happening is you're touching her like she's your girlfriend. You're going hand-in-hand. Hand. Maybe you're making out at a certain point, And you're establishing even more trust, connection, you're establishing the fact that you're kind of like a couple. And the reason why this is so important is because women, in, when they're on a, in a dating scenario, I'm not talking about like if they're horny at a club, but when they're on a dating scenario, they don't want to sleep with a guy until there is some sort of semblance that they're a couple. They need to feel that in order to not feel judged by society and feel like sluts. So, if they feel like this couple sort of vibe has been established, they're way more likely to jump into bed with you. And you establish that couple vibe by simply spending time with them, doing an activity that the focus isn't on you. So, playing pool is a perfect thing. Um, playing skee ball. There's so many cool bars in in New York that offer like drinking plus skee ball, dart, pool, Big Buck Hunter. There's a place called Ace Bar um, in uh, where is that? the East Village. Um, there's a place called, I think it's Pong, which is like ping pong and drinks. That's a awesome third venue sort of joint. And it thro- also throws the girl up in the loop because you just have like this intimate make out where you're talking about like, you know, crazy stuff and different things you've done, like truth or dare. And now all of a sudden you're like having fun and ble- being playful and like playing games but it's awesome and sexy because you're you're like a couple. And that's really going to throw her for a loop. You're not going to look like every other skis ball who, as soon as he makes out with the girl, tries to take her home. And when you're at those venues, I like to do a lot of real interactive stuff. Um, I like to engage other people. Like when we show up at the bar, usually we'll be like hand in hand. And when we'll order, I might throw in some banter. I'll be like, I'll have a vodka soda, and my wife here will have a dirty martini because she's obsessed with James Bond, and she wants me to be like James Bond, and it's really a big problem in our relationship, and you, you seem like a bartender who's also a therapist, so I was hoping for some relationship advice, <laughs> and I'll just throw something, like, totally random and obnoxious out there like that, um, which will just completely throw it for a loop, and she'll be like, who is this guy? This guy's crazy. He's hilarious. He's funny. Of bartenders interacting with us, it's a great way to you know show that you're a really social, cool guy, it's going to make her fall more in love with you. Um, playing pool against other people, like if you're waiting for the table and the energy is kind of dying, like say, Hey, let's play doubles, let's bet on it, you know, get other people involved. Um, you know, just like you were a couple that has been dating for a long time. And venue three is going to be the it, let's say you end the date after venue two, let's say you make out and She's you know, she's down to make out, but she's like, Okay, I gotta go, I gotta work early, whatever. She doesn't really seem like she's really up for that third venue. You can end the date after venue two if you've made out with her. You're you're good. But when you start the third date, you're starting with an adventure date. Starting with dinner, I recommend against because if you've only made out, it's it's still a little too formal. But, you know, go to the beach or meet for Go for a bike ride, take your dogs to a dog park together, you know, go on a hike. These are all great venue threes, and venue three could happen as the first part of the second date or the third part of the first date. All right. Venue four, your place. Um, once I've done whatever activity that is, oh, and I forgot to mention that the ultimate best venue three which is going to be venue one on the second date. So, you know, you made out with her on the first date. That's the end. You know, you, you call it a night. The next date is a dinner date at your place. That's the ultimate third venue because you're cooking for, well, it's, a, it's an interactive cooking experience where you're cooking with each other, you're sharing drinks. Um, you know, you're, you're doing this kind of coupley romantic thing and you're already at your place. So it's easy to escalate from there. But if you you know, let's say you're trying to go through the whole kind of you know, shebang to, to have sex that same night, right? You're not gonna take it for a dinner date on on the same first date, right? So you're going somewhere like, you know, the arcade. From there, you're like, all right, one more spot. If she doesn't ask, she just I mean she she probably won't ask, she's just having fun. If she asks, where are we going, you say, We're going back to my place, but don't worry. I'll be an eighty six percent gentleman and I'm kicking you out after twenty minutes. I'm not that easy. I don't get down on the first date you know my mom my mom taught me to don't give away the you know don't or what was it, don't buy the cow when you get the milk for free, but the opposite whatever I make some stupid joke about that um, you know the eighty six percent gentleman is a lot of the time enough like if we jump in a cab, I'll just tell the, the guy my address he's like, where's that? That's oh, my place don't worry I'll be an eighty six percent gentleman. And using that time constraint where you tell her you're going to kick her out after 20 minutes makes her feel more comfortable coming over. Um, if you don't tell her any of that, you're making her responsible for sex. If you just say, we're going back to my place, that's pretty much never going to work. Because if she has any sort of social programming, she's going to cock block you and herself. Saying, I can't go back to your place. We just met and you're going to argue with her and it's only going to go downhill. Right, so you have to throw out that disclaimer, um, and then once you're back to your place, it's you know make a drink, and then start hooking up on the couch. Move things to the bedroom. You can't hook up on the couch. Just you know start in the bedroom um, by by watching YouTube videos if you need to do that. Like if you need a way to get in the in the bedroom. Say, oh, you got to check out this YouTube video, and lie together on the bed, watch watch on your laptop. So that's the transition from venue three to venue four, which is your place. Like I said, if you had dinner at your place, you're already there. So it's transitioning from the kitchen to the living room to the bedroom. Now, if you guys were on the second call, episode two, and if you were paying attention, hopefully you realize that this dating protocol I mapped out is almost identical to the bar game protocol. The only difference is you're running through it a lot faster when you meet out a girl that same night and you're trying to take her home and sleep with her that same night. It's almost identical to a date, right? You just don't have this more formalized thing set up where you're spending all this time. It can still happen over a period of like, you know, most of the time sex happens after the seven hour mark. You know, that that time spent together is important. But when you end up spending seven hours with a girl and she's attracted, she's usually down to hook up after those seven hours. For whatever reason, but it's incredibly accurate so that's what I got for you guys on date um any other questions?
1: yeah, I
3: got a quick question um what what i usually what I usually do is uh go for a walk after the um after the it, second after the second venue is that bad' Cause there's like
0: like well, think about it from an water. energy standpoint. All right? Think about it from an energy standpoint. First venue was drink. It's fun. It's flirty. It's new. It's exciting, right? Second venue is food. You eat, and then it's kind of like a slowing down. Like most people get a little bit tired after eating. Um, mm-hmm. It's a chill sort of environment. Um, the focus is on the food and not so much on the interaction. And then you want to walk. A walk is even slower than eating. <laughs> like, walking around, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's not a very, like, fun, couple-y sort of experience. Like, you can walk with anyone. There's nothing real, like, you know, interactive about a walk, unless you're walking through, like, Times Square or, you know, you're walking through Disneyland. Just walking down the street? Lame. So you're killing the energy the whole way through, and you're expecting that sex is not going to happen. You notice how the energy with my dates are a lot different. We start out with like a playful, banter, back and forth, mentor game, getting to know each other. We move to like a more intimate, sexual, sexually charged, sexual tension sort of environment we're making out. And then I totally throw over a curveball. And we now we're doing this like fun thing that you would do as kids together or this really interesting, crazy thing or like some real dynamic experience. And now she's like excited and she's like, oh, my God, this tastes amazing. You know, like it's it's a way different experience than than go to a bar, get food, go on a walk.
3: So what about this? I got some boxing gloves because there's kind of a, you know, green area park type stuff by my house. Usually what I would do is I'd take the girl for a walk and then walk her to my house. Um, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but what if I, like, brought some boxing gloves and just had them in my car and then went and got them and was like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to, I'm going to teach you how to box. And then, like, just, just teach her some basics, like one-twos or whatever.
0: Like I don't like it because, A, she has to be interested in boxing. And that's definitely more like a guy- dominated sort of activity yeah sure some chicks like boxing but she has to be interested in that b she's probably in an outfit that's not very conducive to boxing like high heels um i don't like the fact that you're taking girls back to your place before making out with them and before going on the adventure part of the date like no girl feels comfortable going back to a guy's place unless they feel that sort of adventure mentality and girls will feel that in a nightclub sort of environment. So like a same night pull, like they feel that adventure and they're sexually charged and then they want to go back. But you know, if you haven't made out with her and you try to get her back to your place, it's like, that ain't never going to happen. Like you're going to blow yourself out every time. You're never hooking up with that girl.
3: Oh no, we we always make out first,
0: but I'm just saying, okay. just, I'm just trying to think of a
3: way to see like, there's two bar restaurants right by where I live. So that's like two venues right next to each other. Then there's like a nature walk. So I'm just trying to think of a way to like make it more exciting for, for the nature walk part. Cause there is some like secluded parts, like right by the water and stuff. It's really pretty. I mean, it's at night. But yeah. It's kind of low not energy.
0: exciting. It's, I don't like huh? that venue. But you, you can't feel a lot of nature at night. And these days are taking place at night. Yeah. Unless it's, like, the start of, the, of the, the second date, right, where you made out, you ended the date. What I would recommend doing, especially for you, since you get so much resistance because you're always pushing too hard, is I would, no matter if you made out with, like, no matter how hot and heavy the makeout is, I would end the date and then start the next date with the nature walk during the day, start at a time where it's still light out, 7 o'clock, whatever. And then transition from the nature walk to dinner at your place. Cook for her. Now she's already over. You don't have to worry about getting her over, and then you can seduce her. That's what I would do if I were you. If you don't have, you know, a good third venue option close to your place um, that's good at night that provides for what's needed, I would do that.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. Now I think about it. There's a pool hall that's pretty close by, early. Suck at pool, so that's why I've really done that.
0: But it could be an option. Yeah, you don't want to suck at pool. You don't want to get beat. Um, I can't tell you how many times like girls have been turned on because I'm good at pool and teach them how to play, and you know they're all impressed. So you don't want to do activities you suck at. (laughs) So learn pool. You're gonna take me to a pool hall. Got
3: it. What do you think about karaoke? as an adventure-type venue.
0: I dig it. You do? Okay. Yeah. Interactive, fun. Carol is great. We already head out with her. Money.
2: All right, guys. Well, I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up there.